How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated Fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. Boston Bruins fans, and welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 316, live stream on a beautiful Sunday morning uh, here at the Amesbury, Massachusetts uh, studio of our Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Allred. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Please go to betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50. Uh, to place a few wagers on the upcoming Super Bowl and uh, NHL action coming down in the second half of the season as the Boston Bruins uh, continue to be a wagon, even though the wagon did hit a speed bump for three games, but they are 39-7-5 with 83 points in 51 games played. So 
All good stuff there for the bees. So go to betonline.ag and place a wager on some futures and Stanley Cup stuff or a game day action. It's all good. And also hit up the uh, the special promotions for the 2023 NFL Super Bowl if you're into the football. But we're not a football podcast. We are a black and gold hockey podcast, which is Boston Bruins centric. And um, thank you very much for everybody tuning in today. I truly appreciate the support. Um, please uh, stay active uh, and you know keep me going uh, with uh, Boston Bruins related questions in the live chat. So please utilize that. It'd be great uh, to hear your thoughts about uh, the Bruins team so far this season uh, from the NHL level or or prospects worldwide. I, I cover the Providence Bruins as a credential media member, so uh, I know a little bit about about Providence as well. So uh, you can also hit me up there um, and. Anything else that's Bruins related? Uh, I'm, I love talking bees, so uh, participate if you can. Uh, grab a mimosa if that's your thing. Uh, grab a, a big old cup of coffee. It's kind of uh, Boston Bruins like brunch style, you know what I mean? Just hanging out with some friends, talking bees. Why don't we get started with before we get any of these questions up here in the chat? Um, talk about a little bit about Jake DeBrusque, uh and his absence from the Boston Bruins team via the uh, fractured... I think it was the Fibia um, uh, at the Winter Classic. Uh, uh, real Iron Man to power through, score two goals, injured, and then out for a little while. And obviously, our point production has taken a little bit of a hit. Not bad, but a little bit of a hit with his absence. Uh, but it's good to hear that um, he will uh, possibly be back per Monty, head coach Jim Montgomery, um, that he could be back as soon as the game against Washington after this ridiculous 10 day break is off um, is over. Sorry. But uh, yeah, it's good. It'd be good to have him back in the lineup uh, just to, you know, give that offensive push just a little bit more and his speed uh, and the way he's been playing uh, for a better part of uh, a year. Now I, I would say that Jake DeBrusque has really turned himself around as a player and a, and a man uh, dating back to the midway point of last year. Um, when it was, maybe he was just realizing that, you know, just to get all the focus of the, of the trade that he requested out of the, out of his way and just do what's best for him in his career. And that's just to, to put your head down and grind through all the stuff that might be going through your, your life. And, and, and so far, in my opinion, in a year, he's done that and really proved that, uh, the re-signing on, um, on trade deadline day last year the two-year deal four million a piece uh was a was a good one so um always good to have more you know offensive threats in, in the boston bruins lineup and and what a story you know if there was an nhl if there is an nhl award but i doubt that he'll get it i'm pretty sure somebody else out there is more notable of getting an award like this but i would definitely if i had a vote i would definitely give like jake DeBrusque like um comeback player of the year you know um again thank you very much for everybody for tuning in please hit me up with some questions in the live chat don't be afraid to use that i love talking bees um uh, i just want to hear what everybody's thoughts are this is kind of like an agenda free program uh, which is uh driven by your thoughts and um please uh be respectful obviously and um you know i'd love to hear what you're thinking about this team i mean there's so there's this, this things to nitpick, and there's also some really good things to talk about. Uh, this um, Jim Montgomery and this Boston Bruins team has just really come out this year 
with a vengeance and 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 one that I even didn't even see coming. I knew we were going to have a hard time this year with the absence of McAvoy, Marchand, Grizzlick, and so on. But I just never would have thought, um, you know, that we would have gotten this far. You know, 83 points in 51 games played and and just pretty much tearing apart the, the NHL right now, regardless of that three-game speed bump that we had. Caroline with the K's in the house. Hey, Caroline, thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. JD for the Masterton Award. Interesting. I like that thought. Uh, I got to start highlighting these two. It's been a little while since it's done the uh, the live streams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's uh, out of the ordinary, uh, Karen, uh, Caroline. Sorry. Um, I mean, he's definitely notable of of having a big turnaround year and and just the, I, I think a, a, a solid impact. Uh, to this Boston Bruins lineup, and, and we saw it on the on the behind the B recently when he was reading the uh, the starting lineup in in the boot came right in like piss and vinegar, like his like his ass was on fire came right in there and just got to work on telling the lineup and and had fun doing it. So you could tell he's um, he's missed in the in the locker room, and um, you know and and the leadership core really respect Jake DeBrusque, I believe, and they really go to bat for him. So that's always good. Jason's in the house, my buddy Jason Larade. Do you think they keep DeBrusque on right wing next year? The reason I ask is because Montgomery said that at the beginning of the year, if Lysel plays, it'll be in the top six, and I can't see him playing above 74 and 88. Jason, great question there, bud. And thank you again for the support, as always, throughout all everything that we do here at the Block and Go Production Sports Media Company. Um, I don't think I, – I, I really think that if – it all depends on who comes back. You know, if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, do Krejci and Bergeron uh, take the high road and say, we got our two cups and we're retiring? Um what does that do to Jake and where does that go? Does that bring him back to the left side? Does that put him on another line, uh, the second line and so on? Um, but to your comment about what Montgomery said uh, at the beginning of the year, if Lysel plays, it'll be in the top six. I, I'm not sure about that right now. I think that, you know, obviously uh, Fabian Lysel is a, is a former 2021 first round pick. Uh, work in progress. Needs to really work on his two-way game more, and I believe he'll do that, uh, you know, as the season uh, rolls on and hopefully into the call of the Cup playoffs. You know, I could see him making a roster spot next season, um, but I don't think it's going to be right now. I don't think it's going to be in the top six. Uh, I think that it'll probably be in the top nine. I think that he could possibly start on the third line alongside Coyle and in, in, in a in a player like Hall. Like I said, it depends on if Bergeron or Krejci leave. The whole the whole thing's gonna shift if those two players go. But if they're staying right now, if say if the Bruins do not win the Stanley Cup this year and they, they want to go for it and they put all their cards in the deck and do it next year, I would rather have Jake DeBrusque with with Marchand and Bergeron on that first line. I wouldn't touch that chemistry because it's it's been growing. It's been consistent. Um, but I will say that I don't think that right now, Jason, that Fabian Lysel is automatically sketched into a top six role. 
I think he's going to have to earn that. I don't want to see him on the fourth line. If he's going to be on the fourth line, then I'd rather see him in Providence getting top line minutes and 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 that offensive capability, um, you know, can flourish. Where at the fourth line in the NHL, you're getting grinding minutes, not many of them, and you're not really not. I mean, you're out there for penalty kill and so on, but a player like him and his skill set is needed to be shown and, and showcased in your top six, like Monty said. But as of right now, I'm not seeing it in his AHL game that screams we need to get him um, in the NHL even next year at a top six role. I, I think he works his way up, and I think uh, he'll be a benefiting factor of a guy like a puck possession master like Coyle. Um, you know, the way Fabian Lysel is 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 acting like a sponge down in Providence right now is is all good attributes. It's, it's it's all good. I'm not I'm not knocking the player at all. I'm not saying he's a bust, and I'm not saying he's never gonna be in the NHL. But right now, it's just he's a European player, a very talented one, and I think that he still needs to adjust to the pro game. Um, you know, I mean, one full season and then dub last year with the Vancouver Giants, a really good year too, by the way. And in and, and a pretty solid season down in the American Hockey League against men and, and you know, it, players of different ages and, and how they grind on you and how they don't and how fast the American Hockey League can come at you. I just think that he just needs to develop a little bit more before getting a top six role sketch. I mean, automatically written right in. But great question, though. And, it, you know, talks a little bit about the prospects and as well. Um I, I give total credit to a player like Vinny Letary, who, who sadly, sadly is is uh, injured. He got injured in his first practice, in his first recall up to Boston at the Warrior Ice Arena. So he's got a lower body injury. And, um, you know, what he has done to um, to come into this Boston Bruins organization and, and go right, to, you know, go through the uh, waiver process at the beginning of the year, go down to Providence and just put your head down and grind. Be an extension to Ryan Mujanel's, um coaching staff as a, as a veteran on that team. And, and be a solid pro. You know, he's been working, uh, Letary has been working with Fabian Lysel and Georgie Mikulov, who is absolutely on fire right now. And what a great time for a player like Mikulov to be involved in the point production while your point producing leader this season in Providence is out with an injury. So Mikulov has really taken over that role of the guy that the Bruin, the Providence Bruins, Ryan Mujanel, Trent Whitfield and, and Matt Thomas can really gravitate their attention to, to, to get him going on the offense, which sometimes is, is struggling to watch down to Providence, you know, but they're getting it done. The next man up mentality is, is, is a real thing. And Mikulov is is really pumping out goals. He's got goals in his last three games. He's three, one, and four, um, and and really just doing a really good job, um, you know, with the absence of uh of his line mate. So, Joshua Earl in the house. Thank you very much, Joshua. Uh, he says, Mark, I've seen so many people say they don't want to ruin the chemistry by adding big at the deadline. But if other teams add big, I think the Bruins do as well. The playoffs won't be a cakewalk, and he's absolutely right, J- Joshua. Thank you for the for the uh, uh, the uh, the question on this uh, live stream, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. 
And uh, I believe I've seen you before. So thank you very much for coming back and uh, talking bees with me. I truly appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I was, I kicked and screamed for a little while, Joshua, back a, a couple of years ago when everybody said that the Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, St. Louis Blues, they're doing the little things, the, the under a million dollar deals to get those lower depth players that can just make your time on the ice uh, a, a really bad one. Uh, I know I'm talking like the Patty Maroons has won three straight Stanley Cups um, or he won three straight Stanley Cups and, you know, Blake Coleman and, and those Ryan Reeves types of characters and so on. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get that as well. Yes, the playoffs are a different animal altogether and it, it comes at you hard and heavy because uh, it's a there's a very lucrative prize at the end. It's the best trophy in sports and that's hands down. And I'm not saying that because I only like hockey. I, I do not really enjoy any other sports anymore. They're just really boring. You, you've got to play like a like a dink, you know, you got to I hate, you know, saying that word, but you do have to be an ass out there. And, and you know, they say defense wins championships. I think aggressiveness, grittiness and, and that in your face hockey and that won't back down mentality is important as well. And I'm starting to believe in that more and more. So, uh, Joshua, yeah, I do. I do agree with you. I, I think that they do have to get a little bit nasty. Maybe it's on the back end. You know, I, I've been uh, talking about Luke Shen out in Vancouver a lot. And I like the deal. I like I like that he's he's not making a ton of money. He's on an expiring contract. Most likely be here as a rental. But that's the type of guy you could see on the back end that if Connor Clifton decides to fall off or Derek Forbert uh, decides to fall off a little bit. I know I know uh, Shen's not going to give you those those penalty quality penalty killing minutes or anything like like Fulbert would but he could be that type of player that might not play in a postseason game one but if it's not looking good after game one Monty can go to a guy like that and just say we need you we need that style we need this and that so we need that aggressiveness and, and those big hits um you know I'm not looking for a goon I, I don't want a player that is going to sit on the end of the bench and get three minutes of ice and and not do much of anything else. I like to see a player that can participate offensively, but also kick some freaking ass, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm in on that. Um, I mean, we could definitely talk about some trades. Please don't be shy to, to send some trade scenarios and see if I like it or not. I'll critique it. I'll do my best. Um, but please stay active in the chat. I love talking Bruins and... Um, you know, obviously, uh, love hearing everybody's opinions. It's it's a it's a great little community we have here, and and I love doing these live streams. Unfortunately, Steve Forney cannot join us today to get this podcast done. Uh, we are doing a live live recording on the audio and the uh, and video for YouTube. So Steve's doing the family thing this weekend. He's got family in town. Plus, he's got a kid's birthday. So happy birthday uh, the, to the, one of the Forney kids. Hopefully you have a great weekend and um, cheers to next year. Um, but um, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Ah, Teresa. Hello, Teresa. Thank you very much. Keep up the hard work. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I uh, love the support from Teresa over the years. Great, great person. Um, 
let's see. Let's talk about Bo Horvat. Why not? I mean, that seems to be the regurgitated thing to talk about this week. So, and we haven't talked about it on this podcast, this platform as of yet. Um, but please, uh, you know, hey, let me hear your thoughts about Horvat. If the Bruins whiffed on it, if not, but I'll start talking about it. Um, maybe I'll start talking about Bo Horvat in a little bit because Caroline comes in with a question. And she says, who do you think on the current active roster could actually be in danger of being moved? Interesting, interesting, interesting question. Um, I mean, uh, I would say Craig Smith, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy Craig is like doing small impacts to, to make his game better. But I'm also saying that increases his, um, his market value in the trade, uh, in a trade situation. Um, regardless if Craig Smith does good or he doesn't, I really think that that roster spot needs to be uh, opened up for somebody else. Um, whether it be somebody that earns it down in Providence or they go out and get a guy, another guy like, like uh, AJ Greer or Nick Foligno, somebody that's going to bring that nastiness um but I honestly don't think that a high roster player, Caroline, is going to get moved uh, because of the fact of this is great chemistry. Yes, I, I, we do have to cross thresholds here. We do want to win a Stanley Cup in 2023. That's, those are all givens. But also, you don't want to take away pieces that have been in that locker room since day one when this plan all came together. Um, you know, if you take... You take a Marshand out of that, and I know it's not going to happen. You take a Marshand out of that, look what could happen to that locker room and the environment and so on. I just think that, you know, you don't want to do stuff like that. I think you want to add smaller pieces that that other teams in the past have done to, to be successful and, and grind on other teams and so on. Um, hopefully that answered your question, Caroline. I appreciate everything um, going through here. Uh, Jacob Olette. Thank you, Jacob, for uh, checking out the stream. Appreciate it. I think I've seen you before. Uh, if this is the first time, uh, um, thanks for tuning in. If this is, you know, your second or third time, appreciate the return and, and the continued support. Um, Jacob says, I'd love to see a deal getting Sammy, Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe from Chicago. Get them retained uh, 50% on McCabe. Yeah, those are those not bad deals. Um, ideas. Sorry, Jacob. I do have a um, a ten um, a ten name. I'm sorry. Wow, fumbling today. Ten players that are are kind of trending on the trade market right now, and obviously uh, Timo Meyer and Ryan O'Reilly and Jacob Chikorin and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are all like you know your top four, but. Um, I'm sorry, top five, but in the sixth position in there is Jake McCabe. And I guess I don't watch a lot of Chicago Blackhawks hockey. I really don't watch much of the Western teams and so on. But um, I hear that, you know, he brings a little bit of a nasty game, much like uh, Luke Shen can bring to physical style. Um, I'm not sure about his offensive capabilities and so on. But, you know, I mean, if he's at the uh, the fifth or one, two, three, four, five, six position of this draft ranking. 
I mean, uh, the uh, trade deadline ranking. He's got to be a decent player and add some some value uh, to any team throughout the league. So I'm not totally sure. I will look on him now. Now you got me intrigued. So I'm probably going to watch hours of video of him and trying to critique his game. But not a bad uh, scenario, Jacob. And thanks for the question. Beth Lang. Hi, Beth. Thank you very much for tuning in. She says, need to sign pasta. Yeah, we do. Um, but I don't. I don't I don't think that's going to affect anything that does with anything with trades. If that's where you're trying to go, uh, possibly saying we can't make a trade if we can't sign somebody. Pasternak is signed this year. Um, so we, technically we do not have to sign him until the offseason. But there is that trade deadline that that corner that the Boston Bruins um, uh, seem to be getting pushed into. And um, no help to his uh, agent, J.P. Barry who is um, notorious for doing stuff like this and going right to the end and even going past the trade deadline to the 11th hour right before free agency to get deals done. So that's going to be a scary moment. Hopefully that does not happen uh, in this situation. Um, talking about David Pasternak, I I have heard um, some things coming across my desk that he did ask for a, a deadline of December 31st, uh, 2022 to kind of wrap things up and get it going. Um, obviously we're way past that deadline by a month and more. Um, so that just seems like JP Barry is just, um, kind of, uh, you know, Sweeney and JP Barry are talking. That's what the, the, uh, the rumors are, which is good. Dialogue's always good to have. Um, it seems like from many reports out there that uh, an eight-year deal, eleven million or twelve million, is is kind of uh, cemented. But it might be just the fine details of um, how the money is going to be issued. Is it going to be? Is the contract going to be front-loaded? Uh, which obviously, you know, benefits the agent because if, say, if you're you're getting twenty million for the first two seasons, obviously ten percent of twenty million is a is a nice little number for that agent. Where your your final six, seven, and eight years are probably like two or three million, where it, it tails off. They're not so attractive to a to an agent. So the agent might be doing a lot more heavy lifting than Pasternak. I know Pasternak kind of wants to stay away from the uh, trade talks and and focus on the uh, the task at hand, and that's. Uh, going along with this group and, and trying to win a cup. Um, and I, I'm going to be, I'm going to go on the record. I'm not going to be sad, you know, sad to say this, but um, I think that if this continues, I think maybe David Pass and I gets a little frustrated and, and, and maybe fires his agent JP Barry for uh, possibly not getting a done a deal done soon enough and moves on to an agent that could act a little quicker and then get this uh, behind them. You know uh, who knows? I mean, that's just speculation on my on my half. Um, I don't have any inside information saying that that Pasternak is going to fire his agent, uh, J.P. Barry. But I mean, it, it has happened in the past. We've seen it. it. It's it might not be common, but, you know, high profile players that are like David Pasternak situation right now have turned to other people to get their, their deals done. Maybe it's because they don't want to work with a certain person or or this and that. But who knows? I, I still think, though, Beth that 
the um, the Pasternak deal gets done before the trade deadline, and possibly even when he comes home after this All Star break. All right, let's get to some more of these. Uh, Jason Earl, I think he says thanks. Well said, man. I think this year Donnie might pick around the edges and get some real underrated gems, like you mentioned. Players that might not be a house a household name, but are very important for a cup run. Absolutely. You know, I mean, just like I said with the Blake Coleman's and and um, you know, and that guy from Tampa Bay Lightning that that Jack Edwards fat shamed and so on. Um, Those are the types of players that, that might need uh, to to be those uh, small pieces to make, um, you know, big impacts when it comes to, you know, a 2023 Stanley cup. And thanks, man. All right. We got Caroline says, Oh, fair. Kind of forgot about him. Yeah. I mean, Craig Smith is one that you, you want to see him do better. So he's more, relevant in 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 the talks and and not um you know uh struggling where he's often forgotten i do understand something brewing hockey podcast they are on the black and gold hockey podcast network please check them out um two great hosts uh mike sullivan and nick melanson uh talking nothing but bees two passionate uh boston bruins fans uh, they do a great program. Uh, subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts and Google, um, Spotify, you know, all those uh, worldwide platforms. They do a great job. But um, something Bruin comes in and says, is Charlie Coyle a Starbucks or Dunkin' guy? This is, oh, somehow I feel this is a Nick Melanson question. But I have a, I have a stronger feeling it's Mike Sullivan and I'm disappointed. But anyway. I have no idea about the coffee. Uh, I would say Coyle is more of a Starbucks dude, you know, possesses the puck like a, like a, a man, a beast. And that just tells me that he needs good coffee and, and will pay no price to get it. Or <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with that. This whole question's crazy. And you, you made my mind into a pretzel. Thanks, uh, Nick or Mike. But anyway, follow those guys over at Something's Brewing Hockey Podcast. Andrew McPherson, your thoughts on Luke Shen for a depth move. Said it earlier, Andrew. I'm a big fan of Luke, of Luke just for the pure fact that his um his contract's coming to an end of this year. He, he will be a rental, um, and the AAV is won't be that high. Um, I, I don't know if you know about the salary cap, but uh, real money always changes because when it's, you know, um, because we're, we're so far into the season, but the AAV normally sticks around keeping teams, um, you know, tight to the, uh, to tight to the limit. So, or the ceiling. Um, but I like Lucien. I like his game. He's nasty. He can fight, be physical, physical presence that others might be a little bit of afraid of. I'm, I'm all for something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know about the price to get him. I mean, I've, I've heard so many hockey podcasts recently saying that he could garner a, a first round pick. And I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'm not sure if I want to add grit and physicality and nastiness and, and somebody that people are uh, afraid of with a price like that. When, when this Boston Bruins team, and I know I'm saying this and I'm regurgitating this over and over and over again, folks. 
this Boston Bruins team needs to replenish the prospect pool. Um, I don't want to see more first round draft picks dealt away when we need to, you know, get better in that particular department. And that is not saying that Don Sweeney is, is a shit drafter or Don Sweeney's a donkey and he doesn't know anything about hockey. That is not, I'm not saying that at all. If you, if you have your blind 2015 blinders on, you're going to automatically go to the first, first round of that draft and, 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 and ridicule the guy. Everybody makes mistakes, but I, I found value in his picks after the first round. And I found value in picks uh, throughout his tenure uh, at the draft table. So um, I'm not one to criticize him on his drafting. Uh, what I do like about this Boston Bruins team is when they did give away certain draft picks to, to gain, you know, players um, like Campus Lindholm and so on, they've gone, the scouting staff has been smart enough to go out and find somebody that they can sign quickly. Like, you know, we need centers and we need, we've needed centers for a while, but they went to the NCAA and found Georgie Mikulov after his freshman year and signed him to an entry-level deal. Those are the type of things that are a, 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 a light replenish that, you know, it's good roster move. It's good. Um, it's good depth addition for the Boston Bruins team, but it's also, it's a savior. Those types of moves are the savior for the ones that you're missing out on the draft table, which are ultimately really high end prospects. So I don't want to see, a, I don't want to see a draft pick getting moved for a player like Luke Shen. I, I think a draft pick higher, maybe a fourth, maybe a fifth, maybe a sixth if we have one. And, and, and I don't know, a player might do it, but I don't, I do not want to see that first round pick go away. <laughs> Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. On January 16th, we hosted Bruins legend number 24, Terry O'Reilly. Take home an O'Reilly jersey for $79, photo for $29, or puck for $34. We also recently hosted fellow Big Bad Bruin and shoe fight veteran Mike Milbury. Grab a JSA authenticated Milbury black or white inscribed jersey for just $79, a JSA shoe fight inscribed puck for $30, or a JSA shoe fight photo for just $29. To learn more about our dozens of hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports in Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsinmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Something's brewing back up here. says, on a real note, are you happy the Bruins didn't trade for Bo Horvat after seeing the assets New York had to give up? Great question, and this is where I was going to go before I hit up Caroline's question. Uh, Bo Horvat, number one, good player, having a career year would really help the now and the future. But that whole future is concerning to me. Um, I really don't know. 
how much I would pay for a player that didn't have term and you weren't sure you were going to uh, be able to resign. Now, Bo Horvat goes to the New York Islanders from the Vancouver Canucks um, for uh, Beauvillier, uh, Aturatu, and uh, a protected top 12 first round pick. Um, that's a high price for just having a guy in your system uh, to talk for the remainder of the year. Um, as we can see right now, the the New York Islanders are out of the playoff picture. They're not even close to the wild card. They are, well, they're two points out of a wild card position. Um, and they've played 52 games. So what if the, the New York Islanders don't do good? What if they don't make the playoffs? Is that something that's going to be an attractive thing for a player like Bo Horvat to look and say, I'm going to test the free agent market because I don't think that it's a winning culture here quite yet, quite yet. I think there's pieces there that can continue to be built on cornerstone pieces, Barzell, the goaltending duo in, in the Island is, is ridiculous. I rank them as high as Linus Allmark and, and Jeremy Swayman. They're that good. But what if Bo Horvat doesn't want to, to be in New York and just, you know, the landscape, what he's seeing, the future and everything just doesn't see Stanley Cup in the immediate future. I think that's the type of player that could, um, could go and test the free agent market and, and, and actually make bank, you know? And, and if he does that, then all, then Beauvillier, the first round pick. <coughs> sorry, sorry. I had to cough there. And all that, all that, trade capital that went to Vancouver is now just lost for nothing. So, but I will go back and say, and I've said this on a few other podcasts that I've been on recently, that if he, if Bo Horvath had one year left of term, I think the price would, I think that price would be definitely good. And, and you maybe have to, I add a little bit more, but it wouldn't be bad because if he came to the Boston Bruins and we didn't win the Stanley cup, I like the idea that we have this player for one full season to do it again, get the band back together, retool a little bit during the, uh, the off season and go into 2023, 24 and, and, and go balls, <laughs> just do it. You know, I mean, I could definitely see that happen, but I just don't like the idea of him not having any term. So, I mean, Lou Lamorello paid a heavy price just to, to get him involved. So let's see if he can negotiate a deal. But great question. Something that Bruin, Mike, or Nick. Thank you very much for the participation. Jason Larati comes back in. Canadian media keeps circling back to Boston looking for a lefty. Two names brought up the most are Jacob Chikrin and um, uh, Edmondson. I'm not sure about his first name. Do you think they're concerned about Grizzlick in the top four? I don't know. I don't know. Um, geez, I mean, it's tough. I mean, yes, I would love to add a player like Jacob Trickern, but he's got, I believe, two or three years left under contract. And that just tells me right there that it's going to take a boatload to get him. I'm not sure if, if, if um, uh, an organization like Arizona is going to be able to retain salary when they're always trying to get to the 
the floor of the salary cap, you know, getting deals, um, contracts of um, Pavel Datsuk and, and Sean Pronger and so on just to get there. And these are uh, ghost contracts, players not even on the team. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that the price is going to be too much for the Boston Bruins to pay to trade. I, I think that's going to be um, less prospects and possibly more like like NHL roster players that would have to go the other way. And I don't think that's a good move. I mean, Jacob Chikorin for the future of this Boston Bruins team? Sure. Absolutely. I'm for it. Jacob Chikorin now for this Boston Bruins team and what we're doing right now with 83 points in 51 games. I don't think that's a good idea to get a defenseman in now and like lose a player like Jake DeBrusque or Fabian Lysel or Mason Lorai, where Arizona is going to want something back. You know, they're going to want building blocks to get back and, and, you know, they're a rebuilding team. That team, that team has been rebuilding for years, but still, you know, um, I think is uh, Bill Bill Armstrong. I think that's the uh, the GM out in Arizona. He's not a stupid guy. You know, he's going to want to get assets back for one that's leaving. Great question, though, Jason. Uh, he comes back in, too, with, would you consider a Smitty-Polivarvi swap? Kind of a change of scenery for both players, both UFA. Um, I really haven't seen much of Polivarvi. Something I'm going to have to uh, investigate a little bit more. I just think that Pooley-Arvey right now is a better player, all-around player uh, over Smith, regardless of Smith's um, good play recently. Uh, something to look at, um, or maybe even something that the uh, B&G crew might want to uh, you know, write up an article about. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll look into that, Jason. And obviously, if an article comes out, I'll tag you on it with some um, with some info. Something Bruin comes in, haha, it's Sully. I kind of had a feeling that handsome bastard's probably out in the uh, delivering the mail on a Sunday. It's crazy. Uh, Sully, Sully comes back in. 2015 will always be part of, of his legacy. But if you look at the job he's done and you take out the draft, he's been phenomenal as a GN. I, I have to agree. And no, not too long ago, Don Sweeney won GM of the year. You know, I think people seem to forget that and so on. Um, what do we got for time here? Coming up on 40 minutes. Wow, this it's flying. Flying, flying, flying. Joshua, he comes in with, we all know how good Lindholm is, but I still think under, under eight, how much he's helped this team this year. Imagine adding another great D-man to this roster. Sure. I'm all for adding another wonderful defenseman uh, to complement what uh, what we already have right now. But salary cap and money retained and all that stuff are real factors in, in, in the trade market. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I, I really think a player like Luke Shen is the type of guy you go after because his AAV is low. He's on an inspiring contract. It just makes a little more sense than a guy that comes in with three years, although he's making four something million dollars, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. And I just don't think that the Boston Bruins have the assets uh, right now to get a player like that, nor would they want to immediately affect their future. Now I'm going to clarify 
I want a 2023 Stanley Cup. I'm a diehard Boston Bruins fan through and through, and I get it. But I also don't want to see on the social media for like three or four years because we gave away so many assets that we're not a competitive team in the next couple of years or or 10 years, you know? And that's something that's going to be tough for me to see with so many social media unhappy people that just constantly bitch about everything. I would hear that for a whole decade and be like, oh, I think I'm done. Um, you know, but you, I mean, you have to give to get. I totally understand that. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But still, you want to have something in place for your future and for the now as well. Uh, Jacob Olette, he's been coming in here hot and heavy. Thank you very much, Jacob, for all these questions. Thoughts on the Islanders potentially flipping Bo before the deadline? That's Bo Horvat. If not resigned, as you said, they aren't in a playoff spot as of right now. And there is a log. You know what? Lula Marillo does not get the uh, nickname Lupo Lou for nothing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that if a deal cannot get done before the trade deadline, that he is flipped. Um, but now that puts all the cards in the Islanders hands. Now an Islanders team that I said that is not very good and not in a playoff position could get assets for them to be more relevant in the standings next year. You know, I mean, I don't see them. I don't see big assets coming in and immediately turning a a franchise around uh, like this and immediately becoming Stanley Cup relevant. But this, I mean, this might be Lou Lamorello's idea of, um, you know, a, 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 a soft rebuild for next season, and then he could make some make some noise. It's not out of the ordinary, Jacob, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it, although it's not seen often, it's it's been done before. So there's, uh, he says that there's a jam of teams fighting for two wild card spots. Yeah, right now it's Washington and and uh, Pittsburgh that uh, secured the spots as we record this now, but. Buffalo and the Islanders and the Florida Panthers are all, um, you know, not that far away from that log jam that you mentioned, Jacob. Jacob also says, if the Islanders don't like where they are at come t- uh, deadline day. Andrew McPherson, he comes in and says, some commentators on NHL Network said if the Islanders do not think they can sign Bo by the trade deadline, they may move him. To recoup what they lost, especially if they are still sitting outside the playoffs. Absolutely, Andrew. That's that's that would be Lula Morello. Lupo Lou at his best is to uh, give away something and then try to get it back if things don't work out. So I, I could definitely see that happen. Um, but now, now here's another scenario: is like, you know, Boston Bruins fan is as old as I am. They, they know the trends and so on. You know, some teams don't like to deal within the conference. Sometimes some teams don't like to deal within the division and so on. So now if Lou Lemorello is interested in flipping Bo Horvat for assets and, and looking to the Bruins, I think that Lou would probably want a King's ransom. And I'm still not willing to pay for something like that. If we can resign him, I mean, it's got to be a it's got to be a, a a sign and trade kind of deal for me to to latch onto it and say, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, who knows? It could flip one more time before twelve o'clock on uh, on March third. 
which is a Friday, by the way. And we will be doing a live stream. Um, I'm taking that day off uh, from work. So I will be here as soon as the trade deadline starts. It will go on with a like a couple hour program. We'll have guests on. We'll do this and that. We'll have a really good, fun time. So um, Mike, Mike Sullivan, Nick Melanson, take the day off on March 3rd and come on here and talk trade deadline stuff with me, my guys. Ah, Luke Savoy, good morning from New Brunswick, Canada. I really love hearing where folks are listening. Um, so if you want to uh, drop in where you're listening from, I'd love to hear it. I, we have so many listeners and, and viewers from Canada, the States, um, and, and even the United Kingdom and so on. I want to hear where else this stream is reaching. So we truly appreciate that. And also keep the questions coming. I'm not done here. I'm, I'm on a roll. I love this interaction. So uh, keep them coming. This is, this is a good program so far. I mean, I do miss my boy, Steve. Forney, he's the uh, the new main host on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast here, but um, with your help from the uh, from the viewers and listeners, it's really helping me get through this uh, this recording time at ease. Something's brewing. Says, "Yep, grinding away, but listening in on some beast talk. Great way to pass the time." Mail never stops. That's right. I never got my coal uh, for Christmas there, Mister Mailman. Ha ha. All right, uh, Luke says trade Carlo for Shen. I don't know about that. I'm I'm not on that. I get everybody does not like Brandon Carlo. I understand that, but I am not on that train. He's a very valued member of that organization, that locker room, even though he might not look like it on the ice to so many. I think he's having a better year in his Bruins career than than people think. I think that. Uh, the last couple games have not been really good for him. And then it put so many people back on the Carlo hate train. Uh, I am not on that. Um, and I think that I think a player like Luke Shen can be brought to Boston um, for a lesser price. Uh, Luke comes in. Carlo has proven he's not solid on his feet and isn't that great with a puck. Yeah. I mean, I know everybody makes mistakes. I mean, even McAvoy makes mistakes and so on. Uh, but when he makes mistakes, it's not a, a tax season like like it is with, with Brandon Carlo because he's a, technically like Brandon Carlo is like the new whipping boy for the Boston Bruins fan base. Like it was Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask, everything is the fault. The coronavirus was, was Tuka Rask's fault. We're all going to die because Tuka Rask. And now we're all going to die because Car- Brandon Carlo made a mistake. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm not saying that he's the best defenseman out there either, but I'm saying that he's very, very valued in the room, coaching staff, organization, the league. He's a he's a he's a he's a um a union rep for the team. Barzell and Horvat together would could be crazy good. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> And then we never hear about 2015 again. And oh my God, Sweeney, he sucks. Uh, Beth, Beth comes in with another question: Win or lose, do think Bergie retires and Krejci will be done? Um, if they win, I don't think neither of them come back. If they lose, I think one of them comes back, and I think that's um, Patrice Bergeron. 
Uh, that's just my my point, uh, my opinion. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they don't. Sharon Dietz, Shaz Diet, love this, love this woman. Uh, her, um, let me light that up. Heard an interesting take on the radio yesterday that Lou might sign Horvat and trade Barzell. Wow, that would be amazing. What would that do to the center depth, Sharon? of the New York Islanders uh, franchise. I mean, to me, that's Lula Morello taking steps back. I mean, Barzell is just one of those types of players that you you want to build on. He's a cornerstone. Much like uh, David Pasternak here in Boston. That would be kind of weird because I know, I know Horvat's having a better year and Barzell's not like his traditional goal-scoring kind of phenom thing going on, but I know he's got a lot of assistance all on, but he's still a still a good center in my opinion and and, and can be used as a uh, versatile forward. But yeah, I I mean if they did that, if they signed Bo and, and traded Barzell, I could just see that I could see them taking steps backwards, not forward. But thanks for the question, Sharon. Hopefully everything is well. Hopefully you were down in Atlanta doing uh, the work stuff this past couple of days and not in Boston freezing your ass off. It's like cold again up here. <laughs> but we are on a heat wave. It's actually 26 now and not minus 17. Uh, Bear Force One comes in. Thank you, Bear Force. Uh, this is, if this is your first time on the stream, I truly appreciate it. If you have come, if you uh, have been here before, welcome back, man. Bear Force says, would love to see the Bees add another D and solid forward to create three scoring lines. True. I'm all for secondary scoring. I'm all for four lines of depth that can uh, uh, point produce, especially in the playoffs. That is that's one of my biggest things is I want to see this Boston Bruins team score more goals. I know it's I'm being greedy and so on, but what that does is it offsets what could happen to the defense. So if the defense isn't up to par, that's the air quotes I got going on here. And they happen to make a mistake like Brandon Carlo does once in a while. You're not going to, you know, it's not all turmoil. The game's over and so on. But you also have like a nice two or three goal cushion ahead to keep working on. Um, I just want to see that happen because... I love the way the defense looks right now. Yes, it can get better. But if we're going with what we have right now, I just think that the offense needs to put just a little more effort into finishing a lot more just to create that distance. So if something happens on the back end or in the playoffs, the playoffs are are ridiculous about bounces and how they go into the net. It's not just the shot from the stick and 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 bar down. In the playoffs, it's a lot of ricochet rabbit and, and a freaking puck goes by the goal line and you know it's crazy. Those are the types of things I want to tighten up. And 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 I want to have two or three goals ahead of our opponent every time in case we make that um mistake on the back end. I mean, that's a long-winded way of saying it, Bear Force. I'm sorry, but just kind of my thought on that whole process. Thanks for the question, though. I appreciate it. Jason comes back in and says, do you think Lowrise signs after his season is done? Um, he's playing in the NCAA Ohio State. And if he does, do you think they give him a game 
to burn a year of, en- of his entry level contract, uh, like they did with McAvoy and JFK. Um, JFK, yes, that was done, but I think that was done. Be- um, I don't know exactly why. The McAvoy one, I know, was forced because of injuries. Maybe the JFK one was forced because of injuries as well. And that's why they were. Um, I know the McAvoy one was the uh, the Ottawa Senators in the first round. I don't. I think that he signs his. I think Mason Lowry signs his ELC after this season. But I also think that the next season he remains in Providence for a full year. And then we go from there. Um, just by the way that the landscape looks on the back end, you do have McAvoy long term. You do have. Um, Carlo, a uh, bit of uh, term. You do have Lindholm long term, and and you got some complementary pieces and Forbert, Clifton, and so on that still have to be, you know, worked out. Um, but I, the way that I, the landscape looks for me right now is I could definitely see him spending a year in Providence, and I think that would be beneficial to the player and the organization. Um, but obviously, if he excels halfway through a Providence season next year and earns the time up there. Yeah. I mean, he could win a spot, but um, like I said, I just want to see that full year that for first full pro year should always be, in my opinion, if you're not a first round pick like McDavid and, 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 you know, um, Taylor Hall and so on that just immediately seamlessly gets right into the NHL. I would rather see a, a full year of development. I think it's, um, I think it's important. I think that nowadays it's not, there's no more rush from the podium to the NHL roster. I think that all teams are doing the due diligence and, 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 and having patience on young players and how they absorb the information given. Beth comes in, says she's from New Hampshire here. Welcome. Thank you very much, Beth. I'm right down in Amesbury, Massachusetts, right over the border near Salisbury, more towards the Atlantic ocean. Nice little area up here. It's cold, though. Jason Earl from Newfoundland, Canada. I probably said that wrong, and my friend my friend, um, will probably definitely be harping on me for how I said that. But thank you for tuning in, Jason. Truly appreciate it. Uh, Luke Savoy, love your guys' uh, Facebook page. Thank you very much, uh, Luke. Appreciate that. Go to facebook.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and and definitely give us a like we we share all our articles over there and plus articles from from um, other uh boston sports uh media members um yeah we have a lot of fun over there as well <laughs> uh, i need a captain nostalgia hat yeah i'm working on that i'm working on that luke savoy comes back in with the carlo talk i agree carlo is having a better year but there are better options out there Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hound on that uh, take at all. Andrew McPherson, would you trade Lauko for Shen? He looked good in the Toronto game. Interesting question, Andrew. Um, I kind of have a feeling that Mister uh, Jacob Lauko might not be happy in the Boston Bruins organization, particularly where he is uh, being utilized. I think that he uh, he's a player that thinks he earned uh, his time in the NHL, which might be valid. And um, I think that, I don't know, I kind of get the feeling there's a little bit of self-entitlement. And 
Um, I think if you want to work, uh, if you want to be in the NHL, you need to work hard every day. And I'm not saying he's not working hard, but I don't think he's working hard enough to really knock off a current player on this roster, um, even if it's Craig Smith. Um, so this is common for younger players to to go through some of these um, ebbs and flows of, of being a prospect and, and you know, when you're picked, I heard there's a little frustration from him when, when Chris Wagner got called up. Um, and I didn't think, I don't think that sit too well in the, in the Bruins organization, which ultimately might've had some hard feelings about being moved uh, for better opportunities. But if that's the case and you need to move uh, a player to be a little more happier and you probably not going to resign after an entry level deal. Yeah. I could see Jacob Lauco being a piece uh, a leverage piece in a deal, um, but remains to be seen. Before we do this ad read, Luke comes in. Rask was one of the best goalies in Bruins history. You're absolutely right. I am, I, I am a huge Rask fan, always will be. Caroline comes in. Him and Sway, I've seen so many people call for a Sway trade when the team as a whole doesn't play well or loses. Um you know what? I want to do this ad read and I want to come back in and talk exactly um, what uh, Caroline has said here. Uh, Palmer Fred in the house. What up, Palmer? Thanks for tuning in, my man. Uh, pre- always appreciate the uh, support you give every time we do these. Um, but let's hear from our show sponsor, betonline.com. AG, and it's a great place to go for all your betting needs. Um, and please do it responsibly. We'd, uh, we'd really appreciate that. Don't go overboard on any bets. Just have fun. Do it with a group. Do it with family. Do it with friends. But don't bet the house and the farm, please. <laughs> BetOnline.ag remains your number one source for all your Super Bowl betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at betonline.ag. You'll find all the latest odds and team matchup info, player news, and game treads at BetOnline. With betting options for everyone from the national anthem to the halftime show and even the Gatorade bath, betonline.ag is a Super Bowl headquarters this season. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to check out all the most comprehensive Super Bowl info on the web. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to get in on all the bet in action and receive all the fantastic rewards. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. It's where the game starts. We thank BetOnline.ag for having our back for so many years and helping us uh, pay the bills here at the sports media company. All right, let's get back to these questions. We want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in. This is really, this is really fun. I'm really having a great time. Got the coffee going on. I mean, hey, it's eleven o'clock. Grab a beer. Grab a mimosa. Grab some coffee. Talk some bees with me. I love this stuff. All right, let's get back to my friend Caroline's question. Yeah, it, I mean, it's tough. It, Bruins fans are always going to nitpick on something when something doesn't go right. Well, win or lose. Um, 
and I know we, we have a Discord server, um, and I always put the Discord server in the link, uh, the show notes of the podcast, and on the YouTube channel when we share this episode and video. Um, and I, I encourage people to come on there and talk with Caroline. She's a great person from New York, and, and there's a lot of other great people on that Discord server that I have a lot of fun talking uh, Boston Bruins with um, from the NHL down to the prospects worldwide. But um, here's my thing on Jeremy Swayman, and I, I've said it several times on the podcast, and I know uh, some people don't like it and some people won't, but I don't, I don't attach myself to players. I see players as as assets on the team, but also uh, assets on the market. So with the way that Linus Allmark is playing right now, and he's still got two more years to go, I think Jeremy Swayman should definitely be resigned to a two-year deal, no trade protection, use him for next season, let's see what we got and if he has to be a piece to try to re- replenish that prospect pool, you know, get picks back or get get prospects back, then I would trade him. Because I think that, and regardless of the NHL time, I honestly think that the Boston Bruins goaltending tandem of a goaltending coach tandem of Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham have an, a very interesting prodigy in Brandon Bussey. I just think that what I see in Brandon Bussey, he has a little more upside than Jeremy Swayman has now. So with that being said, I kind of think that if needed, only if needed to like get over the threshold of a Stanley Cup championship and you need a player or or the depth to do something like that i think that jeremy could be involved in a trade somewhere else because we still need to sign pasternak we still need to sign other uh key players on this on this roster for the future too so if jeremy jeremy's uh on an entry-level contract right now it comes uh to a close at the end of the season so if he gets a a 2.53 million dollar increase that's a lot of money when you're really tight against the cap so i kind of think that with Brandon Bussey and his uprise through the the ranks of the um uh the prospect depth in the crease and what he could be at a low cap hit value i think that he would be a tremendous backup and the next up and coming when Linus Allmark uh, unfortunately departs the Boston Bruins. That's just me. I'm always thinking about what the future is going to look like and so on. I do like what's happening now. This Boston Bruins team legitimately has the best tandem in the NHL. And I totally understand that. New York Islanders have a great tandem as well and so on and so on. But when it comes down to business, to me, that just makes more sense. That's all I got. To, I have on that. I know people do not like that at all. I get it, but I'm a fence guy. I don't. I just. I, I see value on the market and on the team. Ah, Sharon Dietz has one. Heard people mention 
Karivkov out of Columbus as a possible LD option. Yeah, same here, uh, Sharon. Um, this is a pretty intriguing defenseman, in my opinion. I don't know too, too much about him, um, but uh, from other folks that I have like had talkings with that he's pretty good and would, would, would be a, a solid upgrade. Not sure about the price. Um, the, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets are a team that's out of the play, way out of the playoff picture. Jesus, they only have 16 wins and 34 points. So they are, they are going to be rebuilding. So I'm pretty sure if they're going to, they're going to want a, a decent package to go the other way uh, to get the services of the, uh, that Russian uh, defenseman. I'm not saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it, but I just think that um, maybe the price may come a little too much for a team that wants to um, get several assets back. Oh, Jason, uh, what about Nyquist? Elliot Friedman said he's injured, but will be ready for the beginning of the playoffs. Uh, and also said teams are interested because it would give them 5.5 in the LTIR space until the playoffs. Um, not a fan, to be honest with that uh, idea, Jason. Uh, just for the fact is that the player is injured and um, I'm a chemistry guy. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm going to blow up a neighborhood with a, with a meth lab or anything like that. But I'm a chemistry guy when it comes to, you know, players, the camaraderie, you know, do this, do that outside of the uh, on and off the ice. That's the type of stuff that gets chemistry boiling to a, uh, to a hot level. Uh, I don't think that an injured player like Gustav Nyquist comes to Boston in a trade, doesn't play until the beginning of the playoffs. I don't think that's a great sign to the locker room. Um, so I'm I'm out on that one. I like the idea of of him and you know kind of replenishing that that center depth that we're we're going to be lacking soon with the the departures of Krejci and the departures of um, a Bergeron potentially, but. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm not just in trading injured players. It's just, it's not good business in my opinion. I mean, unless it's like you're trading for Jack Eichel. I mean, that's one scenario that I'd actually do. Craig comes in. Thank you very much, Craig. I think this is the first time I've seen you. So thank you very much for the support. Truly appreciate you tuning into the stream today. Is it time to start saying Linnaeus Allmark might be a franchise goaltender? I'm kind of leaning towards yes, but I'm also leaning towards I want to see what he does in the next two years. Um, so a franchise goaltender to me is somebody that's going to be around for a lot longer than four years. Um, so, Craig, let's wait until um, next season and possibly during the, the offseason in between then they, uh, they go for an extension. Uh, and if they do that, then... You know, they're going to really believe in, in Allmark and maybe um, not. I mean, you always have to replenish the depth. You you can't you cannot shy on that at all. Um, but I really do see something in Brandon Bussey that I, you, people might be crazy. People might call me crazy. Sorry. But I just there's something about his work ethic, his attitude, his demeanor, his character. Um and just by the way he works with with Asenza and Dunham, I, I'm I'm impressed with. And I think that I think that Dunham and Asenza really 
were happy with the progression that they were going with when they had Dan Bladar and they and the Bruins traded him to Calgary for a third round pick. But look what Dan Bladar is now. I mean, Calgary, I'm looking at the standings. Calgary is is the outside looking in when it comes to a playoff picture. But look at the pro that Dan's been since leaving the Boston Bruins. I mean, coming off a high ankle sprain and and then just crippling the AHL after that. That's impressive in my opinion. And I think that a lot of credit has to go to uh, Dunham and um, Asenza for working with these players, particularly video. When Joey Mack was working for The Athletic back in the day, he had a fantastic article about Dan Vladar and how the, the, uh, the development in the crease has changed since the arrival of Dunham. And honestly, this, this tandem of goalie coaching – is rivaling some of the best in the NHL. And I'm I'm true, I truly think it's criminally underrated. And I know I keep repeating that as well, but I just can't say enough. I I, I just really have really good thoughts about Brandon Bussey. And I mean the kid's six five, he's two hundred something pounds. He takes up so much more than that. I mean he's I think he's four inches taller than 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 Jeremy Swayman. And I'm not saying that taller goaltenders are always the better goaltenders, but it's just the way he squares himself to the puck and his reaction time and the way he is down low is just so impressive to me. Uh, Palmer, Fred, I like to see Luke Shen come to Boston. Same here, Palmer. I'm a big fan of Luke and his in that gritty style. Something brewing. Mikey Sullivan coming in from Marlboro, Mass. Speaking of Marlboro, Mass, I need an update on um, the New England um, – the uh the ice palace or whatever you guys call that down there and that empty lot mike i want to know what's going on over there because i i do some flyovers once in a while and i see that um there's stuff going on there's some land clearing and so on that makes me kind of think of something that you know what i'm thinking (laughs) luke comes back in seeing the bruins gel like they have uh, been this year. I think Cassidy coaching wasn't working for the players. Krejci returned when he stepped down and Bergeron signed another year. You're absolutely right, Luke. Um, I think one of the benefiting factors of this unbelievable season has been the difference behind the bench and, and the, and the voice that's being relayed to the, to the veterans and the younger people. Um I said in the podcast last week, and I've said several times on other programs that um, when the season before the season started and, and, and Jim Montgomery was was um, green uh, coming into this, uh, the new organization here in Boston, that he said that he expects turnaround seasons from players like Jake Dabrowski and and, um, and Trent Frederick. And, and look what happened. Jake Dabrowski has become a new man, a new player regardless of the injury, which sucks and, and happy to report he's he's coming back soon. But also Trent Frederick, who has been a whipping boy for everybody, all the haters in Boston. Um, I mean, the guy, the kid does make some stupid penalties and so on, but look at the, look at the way he's played this year. He's more, he's, he's got more speed, more jump to a step. Offensive skills are really, really starting to flourish, which I've been preaching about since, since he was at Wisconsin in the U.S. De- uh, National Development Program, and even in Providence. Providence, he was a really good, skillful forward. Um, but when he came to the NHL, it was more or less that that one fight with uh, that Tanev that kind of turned his mentality into 
now I need to be this type of player and not so offensive where I wanted to see him be that type of player and offensive because I, I know the skills are there. Um, so it's, it's just really good that what Montgomery has done so far and, and you add a, a goal, I mean, a defensive coach like uh, John Cruden, who um, works well with McAvoy, Lindholm and all these other guys. I mean, it's just, it's just a recipe for success and it's, and it's paying dividends on the change. Now, I liked Bruce Cassidy, but he also had that very old school style of coaching. With Jim Montgomery, I like the way that he is more or less like a player on that bench. You know, he just he just seems very talkative. I know I, I'm regurgitating this again, but he just he's that type of coach that will allow you to make a mistake. And then go out two or three shifts after that to try to figure it out before he benches you. Where Cassidy, on the other hand, would see that mistake and bench you. So I just like the way that that this whole coaching staff has really come in and taken the reins. Um, And really just, I mean, they grasped the culture, but also made it productive on the ice this year. And just really taking over teams. And I love it. This is the best year I've ever had in my life. And I've been... I. I was born in 75, so, you know, I've been a Bruins fan since three years old. Um, Jacob, the absence of Nosek has been highly underrated, in my opinion. He added so much identity to the fourth line and the team. With that being said, the Greer, Freddie, Lauco fourth line looked great versus Toronto. I would agree with that. I didn't think it looked – I mean, I I think it looked good. I didn't think it looked great. I mean, uh, A.J. Greer is just one of those plug-and-play types of players, um, a real worker and so on. And what a goal the other night. I mean, getting getting attacked from behind and still have the time to release that shot. Those are the type. See, that's the offensive type of players I want to see, but also a player that could turn around and kick your ass. Um, I want to see the fourth line just get a little more uh, sturdier, if, that, if, if you will. Um, no set coming back does add a lot more value to that line. Um, his, his, I'm not the biggest no sick guy as particularly last year. I was really frustrated with his game uh, and in the uh, preseason this year, but he's really come to, you know, I'm coming around on him this year because I do see his importance in the faceoff circle. Um, so, I mean, he's just, uh, just another complimentary guy that makes small impacts and not going to like light up the score sheet um sir 50 what's up sir uh bruins were wise not to take bait on the horvat trade and hi all what up what up sir um yeah you're absolutely right i mean like i said earlier uh bo horvat great player a great year but just the price too high for not having any term to come along with it um and and be a flight risk i'm not i'm not a fan of it s paris I think this is a first for uh, S. Paris watching from Tucson, Arizona. Thank you very much, uh, S. Paris. I truly appreciate that. Hopefully you're liking the Bruins hockey talk and and, um, come back for more. Please subscribe. Subscribe to the channel, everybody. Please hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. We really want to grow this uh, this channel. We want to do more of these. Uh, Next week, there's no Bruins hockey, so I'm probably going to do uh, another one of these soon just to, to get some content out and help pass the time for the Boston Bruins hockey fans out there that uh, can't wait for the uh, the puck drop. 
uh, when the game returns against the uh, Washington Capitals. Luke Savoy says Swayman is good, but he needs experience under his belt. I like the kid, though. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen a fully matured Jeremy Swayman yet, too. You know, that's that's the caveat to, to a player like like him. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Linus Allmark is a matured guy at 28, 29 years old now. That's the common area. 27, 28, 29 is when when goalies really buckle down and 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 really get get where they're at. Like like Linus is right now. Just an unbelievable record. Uh, the fastest in league history to 25 games. He did it. 30 games to get 25 wins is un unbelievable. You know, like I said, yeah, I just I think he's going to be great. He's going to be a great Bruin, but he can also be a very high, you know, uh, player goaltender when you're looking at making moves as well. And unfortunately, if he has to be, I mean, if he has, if Swayman has to be involved in a trade that gets something back, like just uh, just for shits and giggles. And I know I'm going to get hammered for this, but just say Kale McCarr all of a sudden came up on the trade market. How many Boston Bruins fans would say I would never trade Jeremy Swayman for Kyle McCarr? If you if you do, then you are just in hockey for the goalie hugs and all that all that fun stuff, and not about the game itself and how important it is. Um, because Kyle McCarr is like to me the next Bobby Orr. To be honest with you, the way that kid moves and everything. And if you don't want, if you can't see him on the on the Bruins for a trade for Swayman, then I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> And I'm not saying that to be mean to anybody out there that loves the goalie hugs too. It's just ah uh, something brewing. There are the same fans who say Tuca was a bad goalie. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Craig says, "When do we start talking about Linus Almark being a franchise goalie?" Thanks from Halifax. Um, yeah, a lot of maritime listeners. I love it. Um, we talked about that a little while ago, Craig. Um, and hopefully I'm not bouncing around on, um, on all these messages, but I, I think that he could be, but I'm, I'm yet to see, I want to see, I'm a consistency guy. Uh, when I see a player in the NHL having a year like this, I want to see what he's, do, what he does next year. I want to see what he does the year after that, when it's a contract year and, um, and, the, and a team is looking for a long term out of him because they, they trust him now. They believe in Hey, we can we can go with this guy for another four years if necessary. And obviously, you know who knows. Linus is a very well-spoken, mild-mannered man that might be the type of guy that Don Sweeney can sit down and just say, "Listen, we want to keep you. You're doing great here, and and you know you're one of those <clears throat> pieces that we want to move forward with. You know, could you take six million? Could you take seven million? You know, and a goalie like that, if he wanted to test the market, could easily get eight or nine. Who knows? I mean, the goalie market these days is a little different since Gary Price signed a $10 million ticket. And and then the Florida Panthers uh, gave uh, Bobrovsky $10 million. So everything has gone a little strange after that. Um, Caroline says, I don't disagree that Sway is a valuable trade asset and we should use if Bussy is as good as is predicted. I just get annoyed with fair weather fans who cry for a trade because we lost a game. You're absolutely right. That's a little unfair um, to, but that's how the two Rask hate happened so many years ago. 
You know, he came up, he was throwing freaking uh, milk crates on the ice, throwing fits down in Providence. That got seen online. That started a little bit of a rage on um, we don't draft well, we we can't trade well. And then, you know, Tuca plays well down in, down in Providence and, and earns his way up to the NHL and then doesn't have great games up here and then automatically gets uh, gets labeled as, you know, as terrible. And this is exactly how it happened. And I predicted this a couple of years ago. I predicted this when Jeremy Swayman was in at the University of Maine playing for the back, Black Bears. I was saying this kid is so damn good. But watch, this fan base will tear him apart once he loses a game or two. And guess what happened? They did. I mean, he came up in the league and and tore it apart for his first couple of games. And then once he got, a, um, you know, a couple of losses here and there, they just jumped on him. So it happens. I mean, you know, in hockey, it's the goaltender. In baseball, it's the pitcher. In football, it's the, it's the uh, quarterback. Everybody has a fall guy. Something brewing, and this is Mike Sullivan, says uh, that Gorionov, uh, Gorikov uh, is 6'3", 217, um, is a minus six on a trash bag, Columbus, and at 2.8 million AAV. Ooh, like the number. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike. I truly appreciate that information. I didn't know about the number and the size. Big defenseman. And a minus six on the Columbus. It's not bad. Plus minus drives me nuts. I don't mind Mike using it in there just to give me an example, but he also says... He also dovetails that with Columbus not being so good. But my whole thing is, is like when, when remember when Jacob Chikrin first came into the trade thing and, and, the, and all the Bruins fans were just like, you can't trade for him. He's got a minus 32 plus minus. There's no way he'd fit on this. That drove me nuts. People were knocking a trade because of plus minus and the team that this player played on is just absolutely asinine to me. Plus minus. Did you know that when a goal is scored, when, when the opponent scores a goal on you, everybody on the ice gets a minus? So it's not all on what the individual player does. It's what the individual player does as a team on the ice. So that's one of those stupid stats that I can't stand fans gravitating to to, to make points. And he says he's a left shot as well. Thank you, Mike. Jason... Larade, if they trade Swayman, you would have to think they would extend Allmark. Yeah, I would think so. Because you're still, what you're doing right now is you have Allmark for $5 million, You have Swayman for under a million on his ELC right now. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Jason. I fucking lost what I was going to say. Sorry, bud. Uh, Sir 50 comes in. I would like to see the Bruins go for another left-shooting D-man. You can never have enough. D heading into the playoffs. You're absolutely right. I would, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of Luke Shen. I'm a big fan of some other uh, players that, that have been mentioned here in the chat as well. Uh, but you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get nasty when this, when the playoff series happens, because uh, you're going to have to buckle down because it changes. So it should be interesting. And this guy right here, this is the man of the hour. It's my dad, Mr. Mark Allred, senior. Dad, what's up? Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, hopefully you and the doggies are doing good in all this cold weather. If you need anything, you know to uh, to reach out, anything at all. I love you, big guy. Thanks for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. Uh, Dad, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> it really helps us out. 
something brewing. So far, nothing new, but Marlboro Bruins had a nice ring to it. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. Luke Savoy comes in with another question. The Bruins need a guy like Frederick. The kid is not scared to get gritty and fight when needed. Yep. But like I said before, I, I'm a big fan of his offensive capabilities as well. It just increases that secondary scoring when, when you're needing it. And you need that that four lines of depth that come at you hard and heavy, um, whether it be the regular season or the playoffs. Uh, Luke comes back in, says, having Chris Kelly coaching is a huge asset tool. Yep, you're absolutely right. Some of the old Bruins that are coming back and, and being assets to this Boston Bruins organization have been huge. You know, Chris Kelly started off poking around the Providence Bruins. I saw him up in the press box uh, several times. Adam McQuaid has been really close with the Boston Bruins organization. He's taken on um, a new role with the team. And 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 um, a guy that younger prospects that are developing can lean on for that, you know, how to hit, how to fight, how to be aggressive and so on. Because, um, you, you know, you need to teach all these kids that as well. The game is just not take the puck and put it in the net. The game is surveying the ice and being prepared. Your preparedness uh, in split-second situations is huge at this level because the game is evolving. It's getting so much faster. The kids are getting more creative. And, and I think that you need coaching like Adam McQuaid and what he brought to the Boston Bruins organization and now he can teach the younger people that, you know, we have to be ready at this level, at the American Hockey League level, and even at the uh, the ECHL level, you have to be ready because uh, everything comes at you uh, just a little bit faster than where you previously came from uh, and where you, uh, you know, got your development. S. Paris says, I'm sorry, S. Paris says, I listened to the podcast for a while now. Thank you very much, um, Paris. Appreciate that. Always love the support. Um, boom. Caroline, oh my God, I immediately trade Swayman for Kale McCarr. Um, who else wants to go to Colorado? <laughs> I love Caroline with a K. She's awesome. Uh, Luke Savoy, I'd, I'd take McCarr for Swayman any day. Uh, Luke says, I'm finally heading to Boston for my first ever Bruins game in March. Can't wait. Well, hopefully it's after the uh, trade deadline and you might be able to see some new acquisitions uh, come to the team. Safe travels, Luke. Robert, I've never seen Robert, and I'm not even going to try to say this last name at all. Um, but thank you very much, Robert, for tuning in. I think you're new here and I appreciate the support. Uh, at some point, they won't be able to pay two goalies over $10 million. We can get lots of assets for one of them and high draft picks. Bam. That's what kind of my thought too. It's like, I'm not a Swayman hater and so on, but I just see where the salary cap is going. And I can see him being a very attractive piece to another, another NHL team. Goaltenders. There's not many of them. I mean, there's 64 or 60, whatever for each team. I mean, for the league. And then you get your minor pros and so on. So there's really not that many. There's obviously more defensemen and more forwards out there. It's a premium as well. To get a good goaltender, get a good young goaltender, I could see a trade happening. And, and you can get assets back, but you're also saving money as well. So it's a win-win if you if you think about it. Um, Jason says, 
Has Bunting reached Bennington level of dislike around the league? The guy never shuts up on the ice. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm I, I'm not really not too um, privy on on Bunting and much at all, but as a goaltender and the and the hashtag goaltenders union. I watch a lot of replays from Craig, um, from Craig Bennington, <laughs> from Jordan Bennington. And um, I just think he's an asshat, to be honest with you. I, I just, I don't, uh, I don't know what he's doing. I, you know, the coach even said, stop what you stop the nonsense and just stop the puck. You know, I just think that he's, I don't know. He, he's being a little too full of himself to put it that way. Palma Fred says have you heard anything on mason lowry um yeah i mean mason's having uh kind of a a setback year when you when you think about his offensive production from the back end uh in his freshman year i thought he did really good and he was uh an all-american defenseman with ohio state and the ncaa um he's a big kid real mobile and and i think he's going to be really useful on the power play and um, like I said earlier, I think a full year in the AHL next season would be good because I do think that he's going to sign his entry level contract after his um, after his um, his uh, short tenure in uh, in Ohio State. So um, I think he's going to be a, a real good defenseman in this league. And and if you if you look at the timeline, this is the type of player that possibly could take over for you know a Forbert or a Carlo if needed. Um, but it's just good to have the, the depth, you know, and, and, and have him in the system to, to, to move up. I mean, I, I really like Ryan Mast as well. I like, um, Frederick Brunet. He's very offensive and having an unbelievable year this year. Um, I also like, um, uh, the kid from, uh, the London Knights and I can't remember his name, uh, but he's another guy that, that hits really, really, really hard. Uh, so we got some good prospects, believe it or not. I know there's a lot of Sweeney uh, GM haters out there, but I, I watch a ton of prospects every weekend, and I'm I'm happy with what I see. Shooter McGavin. Good morning, Marky Mark, my man. Good morning, Shooter McGavin. Great to see you. Always awesome to see that you are participating in every one of these streams that we do and interacting on the, uh, the our official YouTube page, which everybody should be subscribing to please it really helps the program we get more notoriety we get more eyes on stuff when you guys um subscribe and uh give the thumbs up truly appreciate it go bees he says stand pat at deadline shooter mcgavin um and sounds like the shooter this morning has had his breakfast that says don't fix what's not broken and i i i you know i can agree with that as well but i just think that there's Small tweaks to this Boston Bruins roster that are needed. And we need that playoff jam from some some players like what Tampa Bay did and what St. Louis did in previous years to get them to their success. And, and obviously a Stanley Cup. Luke Savoy says, I miss Quater, good Eastern Canadian boy from Prince Edward Island. Jackson Edward. Jackson Edward is the other defenseman that plays for the London Knights. Once, once he said Prince Edward, it went right in my head. I'm weird like that. <laughs> um, Shooter McGavin. Unless we get a long-term number two center, that's not likely. True. I like that. Joshua Earl. Standing pat at the deadline is not an option in my opinion. I, I That's fair. 
That is total fair. Jacob said, I would have hesitation on banking on the cap going up. The, the forthcoming bankruptcy for Valley Sports broadcast and 13 NHL teams could drastically affect the salary cap. Now, he has, this is great. Jacob, if you were here and not in the Maritimes of Canada, I would hug you because this is something I wanted to talk about. So Valley Sports um, has been a pretty big player in, in the streaming service and so on. And and, and, and like um, Jason uh, Jacob said, there's 13 NHL markets. They also do baseball. They also do uh, the NBA as well. But they're going through bankruptcy. And the Sinclair Group, uh, I had it written down here. Um, Media Columerate. Uh, the Sinclair Group is preparing the Diamond Sports Group, which is which operates 21 Valley Sports regional networks uh, and direct to consumer service for bankruptcy, according to the Bloomberg. So, yeah, I mean, when Gary Bettman came out and said that that is and, and, and Commissioner um, uh, Bill Daly, when they said that that could impact the salary cap and so on. Because we were, as fans in organizations, NHL organizations, we were all thinking that this uh, this season, would it would jump, salary cap would jump up a million dollars. And then we heard many good sources throughout the NHL saying, well, the, the, the COVID relief fund, whatever, has been paid back faster than normal. And now... Um, we were able to uh, predict a, a salary cap jump of 4.6 million or whatever. I mean, that was great news, you know, for teams like Boston that need the extra cap to get players signed and, and, and keep players around. That's awesome news. But then all of a sudden, bam, the NHL and Gary Batman comes poo poo in that idea and says that Valley sports is going um, into bankruptcy, which could automatically, it, it, it will, it will affect the salary cap and it sucks to know. But here's my thing. Because bad things happen in life, I always believe good opportunities can come out of those bad situations. So here's the thing is a while ago, uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts, the hockey podcast mentioned that this could create streaming services per NHL team. So each NHL team would be operating their own service which means and this is this is really gonna i think this is gonna affect bruins fans because streaming and bruins fans seem to not get along because there's so many bruins fans worldwide these days it's crazy how the black and gold has spread over the globe but a lot of those people that say that they're paying the money to get these uh, to see these games are being blacked out because they're not in network I believe this streaming service that is going to be run by each individual team will allow each team to do their own revenue stream, which the league, the teams all make money. And you're not relying on just one big conglomerate that is going to go through bankruptcy. I think that the money could be recovered fast by streaming services like this. Now, would this take Nesson out of the game? Possibly. Could could Nesson keep? Absolutely. But it's just a way that more eyes can be done 
could be brought to uh, um, the product. And I know Boston Bruins fans up in Canada and, and down in Arizona and so on, they want to watch these games, but they're blacked out because they're not in market. And I think that's totally unfair. I honestly think that something like this will help everybody get eyes on the product. And, 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 and the Boston Bruins could take that much more of a jump when they are doing their own advertising as well. So I think that the uh, salary cap could go up even more with stuff with ideas like this, but that's my long winded answer to that. And thank you, Jacob, for like saying something because it was definitely on my agenda to talk about. Uh, You know what? Something's brewing. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I like Trevor Zegers and so on. His creativity on the ice is a young kid. That's it's going to grow the game, but I'm, I'm not, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he did. You know, I, I everybody trash talk. We have the worst trash talkers in, in the league with with Brad Marchand and and so on. So I don't know. I'm 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 out on that one. Shooter McGavin comes in. The one guy I wouldn't mind is Ryan O'Reilly, but I don't know. I heard he's uh, washed now. If if anything is going to be done with Ryan O'Reilly to Boston, do it over the off season. Don't don't give away assets for somebody that you can get in free agency. That's my only opinion about that. And he's been injured and so on, so I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is like um, in the top five of Selkie trophies uh, regularly. So, I mean, he's also an aging veteran. And I'm not sure you'd want to put so much stock into him replacing a player like David Krejci or or uh, Patrice Bergeron if they end up retiring. So I'm not sure about that one. If anything, I wouldn't want to go younger. Sir 50, will the Zaka trade go down as Sweeney's best trade over his tenure? Nope. Nope. Sorry, sir. I'm going to say that the Lindholm trade is definitely Sweeney's um, um, twig and berries. Absolutely. I think that's the one that really blew everybody away. Regardless of the first round pick, regardless of of um of the prospect that the Bruins had to give up that I can't remember his name. Um, no, this uh, the Lindholm def- defenseman trade was definitely the better one. This was also a good one because it for me it creates like a stopgap. You bring Zaka in who could play all three positions: the left, the center, and the right, and he's versatile. That's what I said anyway. And he can go up and down the lineup wherever you want to go. He's more or less like a, a real, a better, um, um, oh, he plays in Pittsburgh now. I can't remember his name. I'm so bad at this. But, yeah, I, I think that the Zaka trade is good because it, it's like an emergency situation. If if Bergeron and, and Krejci don't come back, Zaka can slide right into that, to that center role. And I also think that Charlie Coyle, if anything happens, should remain on the third line center. Do not move to the right side. Do not go to 2C. Do not go to 1C. He is locked in at the 3C and, and doing a great job. Jacob Olette, I'm located in Maine. Hey, it's 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 um J Cord Red Sox 34. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I know we talk on um on the uh on the Discord a lot. I just I, I didn't recognize the name, but thank you very much, Jacob. Appreciate the uh the interaction. Shooter McGavin says blackouts are so stupid. They just piss off fans and, and lose revenue. You're absolutely right. And I think that that's why the Boston Bruins and other teams around the NHL have this streaming idea to capture that revenue. 
It's like, why, why have somebody pay for something that they can't watch? Put out a product that you can actually enjoy and be happy to pay for it. Makes sense as a consumer. Caroline with a K says, my God, Nesson 360 is leaving money on the table. I am paying for a VPN to get the games and I live less than an hour outside of New England. Why do they not want my money? Great question. And I just think that that gravitates a lot of the the narrative to what I'm talking about is like each individual team wants to get more money, whether it be revenue or ad streams or whatever. You know, I just think you're Hovac and I, and thank you, Jacob. Um, I just think that this is a good thing for the league. And, um, and also, I just think that while so many people nowadays are cutting the cable because it's crazy. I live in Amesbury, Massachusetts, okay? And my wife, Courtney, and I, when we moved into this uh, particular house, our cable went up close to $300 a month. And we paid it for about three years. And finally, I just like, you know what? Talk to my dad. He works at the Apple store. And, and you know, said, hey, you guys ought to get, like, a bunch of Apple TVs. So we bought we bought six of them. And that's all we do now. We stream. Now, yes, we, I do understand that the platforms that I want to watch games on cost money. And it does add up. But we're not paying almost $300. A lot of people are cutting the cord now. So now, we, now all these leagues and organizations have to figure a way to capture the attention of a consumer and that revenue. And I think that this is just going to be beneficial um, to a lot of uh, future uh, earnings and not so much on the cable companies trying to, you know, basically rape the consumer because it's just so damn expensive. And most of the time you're paying for something that you don't even watch. Um, something's brewing. Mike, Mike Sullivan's always a business guy and always, always got my back. If BNG could provide the service, we'd be electric. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Sir, the says the Lindholm trade was also brilliant. Uh, Jacob comes back. I know so many hockey fans that have resorted to pirated streams because of blackouts. Most hockey fans are willing to pay for a service if they don't have to deal with the blackouts. And also what that does, Jacob, that also makes a lot of viewers vulnerable to to um, really nasty things that happen to their computers. Because I've been on those uh, I've been on those streaming service before and all of a sudden you start watching the game and like 300 pop ups will come across your screen and start doing all the revolves. And it's just it's a nightmare. I mean, it could really, really you know affect your PC. So people are really putting their their equipment you know, in, in danger just to watch a Bruins game. It's crazy. And we are at the bottom, finally getting through with these. This is awesome. We've got almost two hours of content here. This is absolutely crazy. Uh, Jason comes in with the final question on the, on the, on the chat. Uh, what's the chances we see Zaboral a bit down the stretch? That's a great question. Uh, Jacob Zaboral has been one of those um, those types of depth defensemen that just hasn't gotten into games. I mean, it's pretty sad that Jim Montgomery had to basically use him as a forward just to get him into a game as the extra defenseman. Um, but coming down the stretch here, I hope a, a player like Zaboral works hard in practice and so on and gets recognized, um, you know, and gets, you know, Get some game reps. I think he should be in the lineup more often to rest some players. 
uh, and be ready for, you know, that type of black ace um, uh, scenario coming down the stretch here and into the playoffs. So uh, I would like to see him more utilized, but also I'd like to see him pick his game up as well. Um, because what, what we saw in, in the training camp and, and the preseason games, I was really excited about it after coming off a, a pretty bad leg injury last season. Um, you know, to the expectations this year, I was really high on, but then when I saw him starting to play and he just really, really tailed off. So, no, oh, that's uh, shooting McGavin. Would be nice to play Zaboro, but Carolina is on our ass. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina has been playing some really good hockey. Sharon Dietz comes in. Have to imagine Zaboro will see some time because the schedule in March and April is brutal. Yep. You know, Got to hand it to the schedule makers and the and the, the league guys that do this and in this ten day break, um, I just oh man, so much so much so many games in such a little time is really gonna wear wear this Boston Bruins team down as we approach the uh, the postseason every day. And Jacob Ouellette comes back in and says fifteen games in twenty five days with four back to backs, all with travel. And, and just like this month, just this month in the month of February, the Boston Bruins are going to be home for three games. That's it. So that is tough, tough, tough. I will take, I, I do want to, um, if, if people want to keep this going, feel free. we got about another 10 minutes to go. Um, but I do want to talk about the, uh, the NHL uh, possibly going to Australia to play in some preseason games. Uh, I know that the uh, the NHL has done this uh, in previous. Don't know why my phone was ringing, but um, the NHL is thinking about going to the um, Australia, the country of Australia, to um, you know, do some like games. And I'm sorry that my phone call kind of screwed me up. Um, but uh, in October, Sportsnet came out, Elliot Friedman, saying that this could be a real pop- possibility and league officials have been out to Australia to, to look at logistics to see if it happens. Now, a couple of months ago, I know that uh, Kevin Weeks, before the All-Star Game festivities happened, Kevin Weeks came out and, and, and busted out a tweet saying something about the, um, the league going to Australia. And I quote tweeted that, and said, R.A. from the Spit and Chicklets podcast actually broke the news saying that he didn't break the news that the the NHL was going to uh, might be going to Australia because that was back in in October of 2022. He broke the news on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, and I'm writing an article about it, and I need to find out the episode he said this in so I can appropriately embed that into my article and give. RA rear admiral credit for, for this. But he said he heard the Boston Bruins were one of the teams that were mentioned in going to Australia for these games. So if anybody that listens to spit and chicklets can do me a solid and find out what episode that was, so I can get it into this article and publish it hopefully today or tomorrow, I would really, really, really appreciate it. I just do not have time to do all this research, but um, but that is a fantastic thing. It's, it's just a way that the league is growing the game worldwide. Um, and believe it or not, 
I watch hockey year round. Some people say, what do you do during the summer if you don't watch baseball, football, basketball, whatever? I say I just find hockey where I can. And I found hockey in Australia. The Australian Ice Hockey League is a league that's been going on since 2000. And it it harbors some um, some homegrown Australian folks, but also brings in imports to fill out a roster. And the league's getting bigger. And the 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 turnout of, of hockey players down under is increasingly getting better and better. So I think this is a great way to to explore options on you know growing the game on another continent, especially Australia, one that's growing its hockey, you know, culture. And I think it's exciting. So and um Elliot Friedman also mentioned that these games in Australia could happen as as soon as 2023, which is the year we're in right now, or 2024. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm really excited about the idea that if it does happen, I would really want to explore an option to go and cover this. Uh, maybe get some B&G company folk to uh, take the uh, 22-hour flight to Australia and, and cover something like this. I think that would be amazing. And um, I'm down for it. So something brewing comes in. And says, Mark, if we wanted to create a mock mock up for merch for some merch, how should we do that? Heard the black and gold shop was back up. Yes, sir. Black and gold production sports media company has merchandise, and we're going to be doing a lot more. We're working with Bright Space uh, Marketing, our marketing agency that I work closely with Nick Todisco, and we are coming up with some cool shirts. This is not our shirt this is a bar stool shirt but it's the freddy fight club but we want to do something like this we want to do bruin centric stuff like i have some ideas and so and so on so we're going to be putting this on t-shirts and we're going to be selling them in our shop please go to blackandgoldhockey.com and um go to uh the bng shop and search through our catalog and and buy something to support our, our um our, our podcast and our sports media company we certainly appreciate that um with that being said, I got about five minutes left to go. Um, I do want to mention that we do have a Patreon account going on. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar. Um, this month is February, so we're giving away this hand signed Rick Middleton nifty, nifty, fully authenticated jersey just for a dollar. So go to black and gold hockey podcast go to patreon.com slash black and go hockey podcast and donate just one dollar for your chance to win one of these i think that's pretty much going to be it for this episode we're approaching two hours boy did that fly by um but i want to thank everybody that has come into this live stream and provided me questions and and hopefully i answered them uh, accordingly if not i'm sorry um but um, please uh, subscribe to the, the channel and hit the notifications bell and the thumbs up. The notifications bell will automatically send you um, a notification of when a new video or a live stream comes out so you can participate. And we would certainly appreciate that. We want to grow this. We're about 630 um, members of uh, that have subscribed to our YouTube channel. And we want to get to that to a thousand before the end of the season and we, we can't do it by we can't do it 
without asking for your help. So um, this really helps us, uh, you know, gain notoriety in YouTube world and uh, obviously on the on the audio podcast as well. Caroline, thank you so much for joining me today for the for this Boston Bruins brunch. Hopefully you have a great day and, and don't be afraid to come back uh, and kill some time. We still got a long ways to go before we come back to Boston Bruins hockey. So um, hang on, I need some coffee. But with that being said, everybody, thank you for the um, the participation and please do it again. We're going to be doing these a lot more often um, and buy some merch. I'll put the link into the show notes um, on the podcast um, platforms and and um, um, on the YouTube channel. Also, we're looking for writers, we're looking for podcasters. We want to grow this podcast network further. I've been advised to keep the network going. Uh, because it could be something special in the future. So if you, as an individual, or you have a, a friend or a family member, you're going to get to, you have a Bruins family, want to get together and talk bees, start a podcast, but do it here. Do it at the Black and Gold Productions Sports Media Company. It's all free. All you got to do is have the appropriate equipment to do it and produce a quality product. And you you could have a spot on our network and we'll do a bunch of sharing for you and so on. You want to become a website writer. We're always looking for new writers, whether you're a college student, uh, you want to intern, um, whatever. We have credentials from the NHL, uh, the AHL, the ECHL, and, and and several other avenues if you want to go and watch a game as a credential media member. So plenty of opportunities to get some work done here. All we ask is that you produce content at least once a week, and that's it, you know. We, we, we just want to grow our team with more quality content and so on. So with that being said, my name is Mark Allred. It is Sunday afternoon. I've got a lot of work to do. Get this edited, get the podcast out on all the platforms and so on. But I just want to say one more time, thank you for everybody for tuning in. It's been a real pleasure talking Boston Bruins hockey with you. You guys really make this so much easier. Um, and I love doing the interactions like this. So I, I really want to try to do this once a week. Um, and, and we can't do this without your participation, but thank you again. So everybody enjoy your Sunday, enjoy the upcoming week. Please be safe. And thank you for the shares, the retweets, the interaction and the, and the Bruins love, you know, it, it was coming down to the second half of this Boston Bruins, um, uh, wagon in this season and, and the playoffs are coming soon. So, uh, thanks again, everybody. And we will talk very soon. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.